Welcome back, Giants fans, to the latest and long overdue edition of the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. This week we are 100% British and definitely still 100% Giants. With Kev tied up, we're, we've invited our regular guest, Andy, back to field of Irish Void as we bring you a recap of the previous few weeks and the major talking points, including both the Bucks and Eagles games. Uh, and plus a look ahead to this weekend in our Game 17 against Miami. And as it's been so long we've re- since we've recorded, uh, we're going to open up our mailbag to round out the episode. Shane, Andy, good to see you both and good to be back talking Giants. How are you both? How are you guys? Yeah, not bad. Uh, it's good to be back. You say it's been a long episode um, and this might be the last time that me and Andy speak to each other civilly until after the weekend. <laughs> Yeah, so for those that don't know, Shane is an avid West Brom fan, Andy is a very, very keen Coventry fan, and they play each other in the uh, lower league echelons of the Football League this weekend on Saturday afternoon. So yeah, that's why there's a little bit of a friendly rivalry going on this evening. Andy, how you doing, mate? I'm good. Uh, I thought you guys would give up and quit this. I was going to start my own podcast. Never! (laughs) Stop stealing our ideas. (laughs) No, it's just... Life gets in the way, unfortunately, sometimes. Um, and, you know, our sincerest apologies go out to all of the listeners for the delay since we last recorded. But, yeah, like I said, we do have full-time jobs. We do have social lives as well. And we're coming up to the festive period as well. Things can get a little bit hectic this time of year. Um, and work for me has been crazy busy, so not really had the time to uh, to get on, all three of us. Um, but what a three weeks it's been. Um, a lot's happened. We've had our bye week, we've played twice, we've won once, and we've fired our offensive coordinator. Um, Which is where I want to start, by saying that after weeks and weeks and weeks of saying Jason Garrett has to go, uh, he was finally relieved of his duties as our offensive coordinator last Tuesday after the Tampa game. uh, In what really was the only option that was left for him, because the Tampa game was an absolute shocker. Freddie Kitchen's taken over as interim, um, which made absolute sense and which is kind of what we predicted as well. Um, just just Garrett's offence was just awful. His play calling was awful. The offensive line was awful. Um, and just like this podcast, I think his sacking was way, way, way overdue. Um, what did you guys make of the decision to get rid of Jason Garrett? I think it was the right decision. I think you'll struggle to find anyone who said who will say that we made the wrong move. Um, I think some of it alluded to something I mentioned a few weeks ago is that I think kind of things have dawned on Joel Judge that, Joel, you're not you're not immaculate from any sacking this off-season. And I think it's a move that he knew he had, he had to make. Um, it was interesting. I was listening to a Giants Insider podcast last week um, and they were saying that apparently... Or the, 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 the feeling, the impression they get is that Joel wanted to make the move a little earlier, but he was met with some resilience from those within the organisation, which, again, is something we'd spoke about previously, is was 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 it a Joel Judge move or was it a organisational stroke John Mara moving, bringing Garrett in at the time? Um, but, you know, I'm keen to see what Kitchens can do. Um, he had kind of an up and down time when he was at the Browns, obviously in, I think it was it 2019 that he took over uh, halfway through the season. Something uh, like that, yeah. He did quite well, but then he went on to be a head coach and I believe he did the play calling himself and was quite 
poor at it then. So hopefully we get in the, uh, the, the the kitchen that was a dedicated OC when he took over originally. Um, but yeah, it was definitely the right move for me. Andy? Uh, <laughs> if he did want to get rid of him earlier and Mara was getting involved, would anyone be shocked? Guy's been meddling for years. Um, <laughs> I believe it's the right decision. I still think Joe Judge may regret this. I think he might have gone slightly premature. He's kind of lost his safety blanket now. At the end of the season, if he'd come out and said, look, it hasn't worked, I'm going to sack Jason Garrett, that's where the problem was. I don't think many of the fans would have said, yeah, he's not wrong. But um, he's now left himself open. He's, what, seven games since Garrett... Well, sorry, Garrett went. He's got seven games after that. Now it's six. If the problems consist with the timeouts and the clock management... It's pretty obvious where the problem is, and Joe Judge leaves himself very open to criticism and, as you say, possibly walking the plank kind of thing. Yeah, I definitely think that um, Judge is uh, is definitely more on the hot seat now than he than he was before. I think, yeah, Garrett needed to go. I think it was a right decision letting him go, but now it's put Joe Judge, Joe Judge in the forefront. He's now going to bear the brunt of the offense going wrong. Yeah, Kitchens has got sort of that seven week um, audition for the role and sort of, you know, judging by what we saw against Philly, you know, I know it's only one week in, but the jury's out. It wasn't great, but yeah, I, I definitely think Joe Judge is, uh, he's walking a tightrope and it could go either way. You know, we need to have a strong finish to the season. Um, we've got a favourable schedule coming up. Um, you know, we've not got too many easy games but we, at the same time we've not got too many tough games I think all the games we've got coming up are going to be pretty close games um, and can go either way uh, obviously we've got three big divisional games coming up as well uh, so you know it, it's it's all to play for still and if we can come out of this season with uh, an above 500 record you know it's a lot to ask at the moment as we stand at 4-7 and seven, but I think if we can come out of this season with a 500 record or better uh, Joe Judge is keeping his job I think if we, we struggle to get to that 500 mark I think it's going to be a, a difficult um, off season for him and I don't know which way uh, the, the Maras will go I don't know which way Dave Gettleman will go if he's still around which we'll come on to in a second um, definitely not <laughs> like a little precursor there but yeah who knows who knows what's going to happen but I do I definitely think the pressure's on Judge now to um to step up and and really sort of turn this offense around and like I said with uh with the Philly game at the weekend we didn't really see much of that um once again though there was still a glaring mistake we're punting the ball back to them with I don't have the figures in front of me but it was about two minutes to go yeah. We're up 13 to 7, yeah. and he wastes a timeout. He just takes yeah. a timeout for no reason. They'd already stopped the clock. In fact, I believe it was 1 minute 43, if I remember correct. Yeah, they'd already they, stopped they, the clock. We were about to go, just take the penalty. You're punting the damn ball. Mm -hmm. If they go straight up the other end and score a touchdown, you're going to need that timeout. Yeah. And you know what? I thought, uh, we'll come on to that game in a minute. Um, but I thought the ending, we were we were lucky to come away with from that game with a win. Oh, yeah. Um, so obviously many, many reports after, well reporters said after they, um, Garrett was binned that next out the door uh, would be our general manager trader Dave Gettleman. Um, obviously in the three and a half seasons that he's been RGM, uh, we haven't had a winning season and it's looking likely that this season won't be a winning season either. And so 
it's looking potentially like the front office are going to say enough's enough you're relieved of your duties get out and uh, we want to bring someone else in um, which will obviously please at least one of us in, on this episode <coughs> Andy come on we're all happy inside yeah I, I, I think the change is needed I think Gettleman's done all he can I mean he's not done much he's not done much good he's done more he's done he's done more to screw us over and to to damage us than anything um but i i, I definitely think it's time for a change um how do you feel about the possibility of a new gm coming in the off season it's it's got to be done um i will give dave Gettleman some credit the only two great moves he realistically has done uh was drafting xavier mckinney um turning down a trade back to draft Xavier McKinney and also trading back last year to get an extra first rounder for the next GM. That's only two good moves, in my opinion, that he's done. And it unfortunately doesn't outweigh the 10, 12 bad moves that he's made. Yeah, uh, there's too many to count. The, the key for me, like I said before, is it's got to be someone externally. Do not come out in January and say, Dave Gettleman's retiring. We're going to give it Kevin Abrams. Don't Do not do that because... I, I really think they'll like a breakdown from Giants fans. Um, Kevin Abrams is almost like a clone of of, of Dave Gettleman. He's like the same yeah. person. So there's no point doing it. Nothing would change. Nah, um, and obviously he's worked with Dave Gettleman for the last three years. So who is he going to be drafting like and signing free agents? Like he's, he's going to be doing what Gettleman's done because that too's kind of taught him the ropes. You could you could say. Yeah. Um, so the key thing for me is. Yep, fire Dave Gettleman or NHS is retiring, do it uh, civilly, whatever you want to do, I don't really care. But it's got to be someone externally with no ties to the organisation. Yeah, agreed. Andy, do I need to ask? I don't know about doing it civilly. I'd drag him out at half-time in the final game against Washington and do it Vince McMahon style in the middle of the field. <laughs> I <laughs> Get Stone Cold Steve Austin out and give him a stunner right in the middle. Exactly. Of- Declare you're fired. The problem is with Mara, he's too nice. He cares too much about his golfing buddies, and that's why Kevin Abrams will get the job. Like, if you make peace of it now, Shane, you won't be disappointed in January, but you'll still be pretty disappointed. I think um, you've been a Giants fan long enough to accept it yet. <laughs> I'm still relatively is, new, so I'm hopeful that, that we're going to do something different. The thing is, I, I'm I'm pretty much agreed with you, Andy, in the fact that I think it, it's, it's virtually guaranteed, virtually guaranteed to be Kevin Abrams. As much as yes. I think it'll just be the absolute wrong decision, and it's not going to move our franchise forward anymore. Well, if anything, it's probably going to move it. It's going to either stay level or it's going to move it back. Um, I, I can't see any. I can't see any other decision being made. I'd be. I'm hopeful that, you know, we do bring someone in fresh and new, but I just can't see it happening. Realistically, what needs to happen here is Steve Tish needs to step up as half owner of this franchise. Tell Mara enough of this. Like he's literally let him have his own way for the past ten years, and it hasn't worked. He like this franchise to... has been through hell. Did he, did he not try to that twelve months ago? Claimed he was going to, but I'm yet to see any kind of indication he's it's happening. Partner. He's a silent partner. He never does anything. Never says anything. He's just happy to say he's the owner of the Giants, isn't he? Yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens come the off season. Um, but I think Dave Gettleman's time as our general manager is coming to a very, very abrupt end, hopefully very, very soon. The one thing I would say about it is whoever gets the job, even if it is Kevin Abrahams, they have to be given total control. 
if they want a new head coach, they want their own quarterback, they have to be given it. And while yeah. I really want it to work out for DJ and I want it to work out for Judge, I'm kind of at a stage where I'm just sick of losing. If yeah, they you... want to come in and do their own thing, do it their own way, I'm all for it and I support them fully. Yeah, like it, it, it would, it, it would be, you know, it'd be a shame to see him go. But at the same time, if it was to, if it was for the, the good of the team to bring in a new coach and bring in a new quarterback, and you see an improvement in the team, and you see an improvement in the locker room, and you see, you know, as, as instead of losing these close games all the time, we actually start winning them and actually start playing well, then I, you know, I'd, I'd fully appreciate that and fully support that, but. We'll see what happens, I suppose, won't we? Um, well, I'll I, just got... say, I think whoever's going to be the new GM, and this will be a little bit weird, but I think they've got quite an easy job when they're coming. I mean, it's, it's not the it's not the it's not the hardest of jobs, is it? No, you come in next year. You got two first rounders. You just some what we've never done ever. Just solidify that whole line. You, been you, off, you, been you, off three you, off, been off three of the offensive linemen. Yeah, use yeah. first and second round on whole line. Use another first on an edge guy. You don't take up Daniel Jones's fifth-year option and you draft a QB of the year after when it's a much better class. It's really easy. Give me the job now. Go on, Shane. Go for it. Apply now. It, it, to me, he's really that easy. And I just worry that whoever's going to come in is going to try and get cute and make yeah, it more complicated that. than it needs to be. Oh, we're going through rebuilding and we're now rubbish. We, we, we're past rebuilding. We've been re- yeah. re- rebuilding for the last 10 years. Yeah. Exactly. Actually, you're going to have to accept it. Draft the old line. Draft the old line next year. Let them to have a season to get out all the rookie issues that they have, and that get to know the league. And then you draft the QB the year after, and the rookie QB is not behind a rookie old line. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And um, I mean, in an ideal world, yes, but you know, you know what? The ideal world as a Giants fan doesn't really exist, does it? Let's face it. Um, now, almost two weeks ago, we travelled to Tampa to face Tom Brady and his high-flying Buccaneers in what was Jason Garrett's last game, calling the plays. Uh, unsurprisingly, losing a lopsided game, thirty to ten. Um, it was a it was a shocker. I'm not going to lie. Um, two hundred fifteen total yards. Daniel Jones threw two interceptions. Tampa Bay converted converted on half of their third downs. They're only fourth down as well, and thirty five minutes of possession. And that's with Brady being pulled in the fourth quarter. Um, the only bright spark of that game I thought was um, Adoree Jackson getting his first interception as a giant um, so yeah all in all it was a poor game I'm not surprised we lost um, but it would have been nice to see a bit more of a fight coming out of bye week um, anything you guys want to add about the Tampa game? Not much really um, obviously it's been over a week now so I don't get talking about it too much but it was just it was a poor game it's a game that got Garrett fired and like we already spoke about um, and probably the only other thing of note for me is it's another game that Daniel Jones didn't win under the lights. He's not. He's not one in prime time, is he? Nope. Is it Owen? Is it Owen seven or Owen nine or something ridiculous? Uh, he was. I think he was Owen eight going into this game. He's at Owen nine now. Yeah. So you know, he's like, he's, we'll come on to it various points over the se- over the rest of the season and probably today. But is that stats of a franchise QB? Mm, debatable. Debatable. Andy, anything you want to add about the time game? Off the top of my head, what was it? Kadarius Tony got used twice, both as a QB in the first half. Uh, Kenny Golladay got one target. It's hard to see why Garrett got fired, isn't it? Seventy-two million dollars, and he's getting one target in a game. Fantastic. The chemistry is not there. No, it's not. It's just not there. 
Which makes which makes you wonder, uh, like you said, is Daniel Jones a franchise quarterback? If he can if he can only target our number one wide receiver who's earning seventy two million dollars over four years, if he can only target him once in a game. Think also, he throws a touchdown to Andrew Thomas. Yeah. Um. To be fair, like I, I say, I you know that was that was the other bright spark. I thought I thought what what a, what a catch by Andrew Thomas as well. To to leap up and and, and pull that that pull that in and, and catch that was a it was a great play. Um, yeah, if, and, if we just said on, if we just said before that game that John <laughs> can get the key players back, he's got Shep, um, he's got Goliday back, he's got Barkley back, he's got Tony back, and he's got Thomas back. In order, what which one of them would you say is the most likely to get a touchdown? The one who's got it, the one who's got it is going to be no. You wouldn't even consider him. No, no. Um, but no, is is a is a great comeback for him. Obviously, that that sort of rounded rounded it off. And you know, he he was the the linchpin in the offensive line that was pretty poor. I think he had, he he allowed one QB rush or one QB hurry in the whole game, whereas the rest of them just might as well not have been there. Um, so fair play to Andrew Thomas. He's really showing his first round pedigree. Um, and I'm 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 enjoying watching him on the on the O line. I think he's he's a bright he's a bright spark for the future. He's a he's a he's a star of the future, um, and he's he's definitely coming good now. Um, moving so moving swiftly on to the last the last game at home to divisional rivals, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, in what was I thought one of our best defensive performances of the season, even though we gave up 200 yards of the ground. Shutting Philly out in the first half, and you know holding them to seven points overall, coming out with a thirteen-seven win. Um, you know the yeah the concern about them moving the ball on the ground was was there, but I think overall on, de- on defense we played pretty well. Um, obviously three interceptions could have been more. Um, it was it was it was a it was a great result, and I think um, I'm just thankful that Jalen Hurts decided to throw those three picks. Could have had at least a couple more. Um, but when it came down to that last play, that final play, that final drive, as we sort of spoke about earlier, I'm just glad Jalen Rager was on the end of it and not a, not a decent first-class receiver that would have brought it in and scored a touchdown to win them the game. Um, because it would have been another last-second loss at the hands of Philly otherwise. Um, what did you guys make of the game? Call it what it was. It was an ugly win. Yeah. It, it wasn't a dominant performance. We didn't play great. The old lying I just don't even know what to say about that at the minute, to be perfectly honest with you. What, what um, more can we say about the O-line that we haven't already? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think, was it Brian Baldinger put a thing on Twitter saying that Barkley touched the ball 13 times and nine of them, he went for one yard or less. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I know, he, I know he doesn't help himself in regards to his injuries and that, but we've not, we've not, we've drafted him number two overall and we've not done anything to help him. Um, you know, Touching on the old line, Joe Judge pissed me off with his comment about Nate Solder, um, why Nate Solder's starting over Matt Pert, saying that Nate's progressed. Um, I don't know what is he is he watching a different Nate Solder to what I watch every week because you must be watching a different Nate Solder to every single one of us because Nate Solder is just god awful. He's he's passed it. He's done. He's at the end of this at the end of this season. If we don't cut him and get rid of him, there is something seriously wrong with, with uh, with our you know with our organisation. Yeah, and it, it goes back to what we've mentioned a few weeks ago. He's why not give the why not give the guys that are going to be a long term a chance? 
you, you got Matt Pert on a rookie deal. You got him for four years. Why not just put him in? Like, unless he's literally going to get Daniel Jones killed, um, which is another one I'm going to come on to now. So Daniel Jones injured his neck on the second play, apparently. Yeah. He's for this Sunday, but he played all the game on Sunday against the Eagles. So he- yeah. So he, well, I, I I saw his I saw his uh, presser from yesterday. Um, he said he's he's he feels good and he feels like he'll be ready to go, but it's just down to the medical team. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a strange one. Like he said, he didn't feel anything until the after the game. He, and after the game, his neck was sore. Yeah, I don't know what. Yeah, no sense. Um, and then a guy who I touched on not too long ago in regards to Dave Gettleman, Xavier McKinney, like. You know, you know, some I'd already be eyeing up locking him down. Oh yeah, no, he he's the only player who I think is on this roster that deserves to be here long term, along with probably Andrew Thomas. Yeah, I'm not going to comment on the likes of Tony and Ojolari when they're in their rookie season, but you know, Xavier McKinney, he was a little bit slow to get going this season, but in all fairness, the whole defense was through the first yeah. like, four weeks. I think, I, think weeks. I think since Pep's injury, I think he's really come out and really. You know he's he's been the, he's been the stud in that defensive backfield. Yeah, and he just saw he's one of them players who see ball get ball. Yeah, man, that's the best way I can describe him. Um, I was over the moon when we drafted him. I've mentioned this numerous times, but like for me, he's literally the only the only real bright spark on this team right now. Yeah, man, he's obviously leading the team with five interceptions. Um, and the thing, the crazy thing is as well, we've we've turned the ball we've we've turned the ball over in every single game this season. Um, we've had eight straight games with an interception as well. Um, you know, our turnover differential is plus five. And for a team with a four and seven record to have a turnover differential plus five, it it just shouts, it just screams at you, offense is the issue, offense is the issue, offense is the issue. If our defense can turn the ball over that much, it, 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 just, it just goes to show that the problem is on the offensive side. Um, Andy, what did you make of the Philly game? Loved it. Hey, I, I, I can't complain about beating the Eagles. I'm not going to lie. The streets remember. If you're going to throw a game and cost us the playoffs, people will remember. Yeah, you saw it after the game with Darius Slayton on Twitter. He was absolutely mocking them. Without the added incentive, we probably don't win on Sunday. But people remember. The players remember. Yeah, they were, and... they were pumped up, man. They were fired up. And do you know what? That defence, again, they just balled out Sunday. Uh, even though they gave up ground, yards on the ground, like I said, they, they balled out and they had a great game. In some, aspects, been... in some aspects, that game was perfect. Who did not enjoy watching Boston Scott fumble a ball after everything that guy has done to us? Like, I want to sign him just so I don't have to face it. Like... I, very, I very much enjoyed watching that. <laughs> exactly. It's... And I, 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 and I only watched the game this afternoon, so get in, you know. I very much enjoy watching it. <laughs> yeah, I've watched that fumble a few times. I, I enjoyed that one. But, man, Philly were bad. Like, Hertz found some of our players better than DJ has been finding our players. But ultimately, we did what we had to. We got the win. It's a win over a divisional rival. I've seen other pages and stuff that are absolutely trying to slate the team, slate DJ. A win's a win. And when you're playing how we're playing, and it's not been a great season, a win over Philly is not to be sniffed at. It feels good. When you're, when you're averaging 19 points a game, to be able to get a win and, and be averaging that amount of, you know, that low amount of points each game, you can't really complain. Um, yeah, there's there was obviously glaring, you know, glaring mistakes and errors and issues with the team, you know, on offense, which we've 
talk we can talk long into the night about which you know we're not going to do but it was just nice to get a win against Philly we're now half a game back on them in a division at the end of the day if we don't if we don't qualify for the playoffs if we don't make the playoffs all I'm worried about is do we finish above the Eagles in the division just bragging rights actually we should jump them in the draft yeah like Washington Washington are, are sort of a little bit under the radar at the moment I think they're doing fairly well um, yeah, who who who'd have thought um, Heineke would be uh, would be would be playing well? They obviously beat the Seahawks on Monday Night Football, um, which was a great. What result. is going on there? Mate, I mean, we we're, we were talk. There's obviously all this stuff going on about Russell Wilson potentially making a move for him. I, I don't think he's he's past it, mate. I think he's done. He's not got it I, in him. Any, not got it in him anymore. I wouldn't want him. I uh, I wouldn't. Even as a Seahawks fan, though, you sat there thinking, "Okay, it's going badly, but we've got a good draft pick," and then you realise that you traded it to the Jets. Yep, <laughs> you're not even doing this yeah, for you. For, for, for um, what's his face, Jamal Adams? Yeah, yeah, Jamal Adams. Adams. Yeah, obviously, yeah, Seattle trading away their draft pick to uh, to the Jets. For <laughs> Jamal Adams. That's really worked out well, hasn't it? Uh, well, they're three and eight, aren't they, Seattle? They're having a horrific time. Fall from grace, and I think this could well be um, their uh, their head coach Pete Carroll's uh, last year as well. I think they're... they were playing better with Gino in. That's the weird part, mate. Gino Smith, we 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 know Gino Smith. He's he's not a bad quarterback. He really isn't. He's not a bad quarterback. It's just obviously because Russell Wilson's the big name. He's been there and he's done it for him. <sighs> And they're going with him. I know yeah, he's the franchise quarterback. I like. I liked. I thought. I thought Gino when he came in and played for us, he he, he wasn't too bad. He, and like I said, he's a, he he's played a, brilliantly he, compared to what Eli had been doing. It was one of the exactly. better games we had that year, and the fans he's, went mental. He's a good quarterback. He's just not had the chance really. At, uh, uh, and not that he hasn't that has had that consistent run of games to prove himself. And why, why, as as the Seattle Seahawks now eleven games into the season with three wins under your belt, there's no way you're going to qualify for the playoffs. Why not let Gino come in and, and you know, play? Right, uh, I'd certainly like it for DK Metcalf's fantasy stats. Yeah. I've had to drop yeah. him for Odell Beckham. Anyway, we're not we're not a Seattle Seahawks podcast. We're, <laughs> a, we're, we're a New York Giants podcast. You know, um, sometimes. Yeah, but um, uh, yeah, uh, Russell Wilson's done. Um, it, I, if I'd be very, very disappointed if you made try to make a move from in the off season. Um, but yeah, so the, uh, the the fact that you know they've traded away their draft pick, I think it's it's quite a, it's quite funny. Um, but moving on to the offensive line, which we kind of spoke about already, anyway. Um, don't really want to sound like a broken record, but. Will Hernandez, I'm fed up of him giving giving away offensive holding penalties, um, and the tackles just fed up of him. You know, Nate Solder just fed up of him just just not being there and just giving up pressure on Daniel Jones. Um, it's just time to let him go, get rid, bring in some decent talent. Like I said, use one of those first two first those two first round picks next year to bring in uh, an absolute stud of an offensive lineman. Um, and then use probably the the second, like you said, Shane, the second round pick as well, um, and and shore up that offensive line because that's where the issues are. You know, it just we've 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 spoken about it all season from pretty much from week one. The issues we've had on offense, 
and it's just those issues are still there and the thing is what I don't understand as well is why now that Freddie Kitchens is OC now that Joe Judge is probably going to have a little bit more of a say as well why why are we not changing things up why is Matt Pert not being given the opportunity at right tackle why is Nate Solder being put in there bin Solder yes he's earning money but bin him did you see the um the the reported rumours regarding Matt Pert on the I want to say was it the Lawrence Toynes podcast? No, I haven't seen that. I love um, Lawrence Tynes so much. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Lawrence Tynes has done it again. <laughs> on, on Twitter, he's amazing. No, I love him. I don't know what the actual I've got <laughs> what he apparently said, but it was something to do with. Uh, there's concerns about Matt Pert's concentration during training. Um, and also they see him um, in a better role as a swing tackle, which why bother drafting him at all then in the third round. Exactly. Exactly. Um, we've got a stud of a left tackle in Andrew Thomas, so, you know, I don't know. I think Matt, the jury's out on Matt Pert. I think he, need, he, needs, he needs more time to, um, to, so, to show what he can do, but... So yeah, just just bin off Nate Solder. Let let Pert start a right tackle and see what he can do for the rest of the season. Um, you know the the guys that are going to be on in in the team for the foreseeable future, get him in the get him in, get him some reps. You know, not 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 some, not the twos or threes in, in 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 practice, but get him some some reps with the first the first team. Get him some rep, you know reps in the game as well, some meaningful reps in game time, um, and let him prove himself because. Really now, like we all, well, we bloody hope that the likes of Nate Solder and uh, Will Hernandez are going to be binned off in the off season. Um, it's it's their it's their time to shine. It's their time for audition. And like I said, I'm just fed up of Hernandez giving away holding penalties every time. There's offensive holding, and you know it's Will Hernandez. Every time there's a full start, you know it's Will Hernandez. It's like does he this guy have no discipline? Now, now, we were going to be a very disciplined team. Do you not remember that talk from uh, Joe Judge in the preseason? Bollocks. I don't think I've ever seen us get so many bloody flags flown. Like, it wasn't the one game where Will Hernandez is like 10 yards downfield, like doing these little O-line walking stuff. Like, what are you doing? Of course, that gets flagged. Yeah, and Yeah, he just decided to go for a walk because he was bored. <sighs> no, you don't do that. You, you you we've we spoke about the O-line since week one. We, we, to be fair, we spoke about the O-line since the draft. Since yeah, exactly. Offensive linemen. And, the, you know, they come out and they said, what was the quote? We obviously feel better about our O-line than you do. Yeah. Oh, classic gentleman. You know, yeah, what, no. yeah, what a great comment to make that looks now. You, looks still, like you, still, feel, you still feel good about the offensive line now, Dave, Dave Gettleman, do you? I don't think you do, mate. I don't think, think I've you been do. talking about this line for five years, let alone the yeah. last six months. Anyway, anyway, we could, again, we could talk about the offensive, talk about the O-line, we could talk about the offence till you know, the wee early hours of the morning, but I've got to be up for work early in the morning, so let's not do that. Um, I'm going to round out the recap of the last couple of weeks with Bears Watch. <laughs> Uh, where we take a look at how the Chicago Bears are getting on as we hold their first round draft pick in next year's draft. Um, Chicago currently have the same record as us, sitting at 4-7, and seven, uh, but because their strength of schedule is ever so slightly harder, we hold the 6th overall pick and Chicago have the 7th overall pick. That is according to tankathon.com. Um, two top 10 draft picks, guys. Uh, let's just hope trader Dave Gettleman isn't around to fuck up the draft for us again and we actually get the help that we need in the right positions. Are you happy with two... For two top ten picks as it stands. 
Um, yeah, too bad because the season's over. I've been thinking about it quite a lot. Um, and I've got to be honest, if we've got back-to-back draft picks, I'd trade back if one of them. I'd trade back and try and pick up capital for the following year when it's a better QV class and you might need to make a move. Um, in regards to the actual picks, I think it's the worst possible thing for Andy Dalton to be playing for the Bears. Dal- Dalton playing is going to increase their chances of having a higher, lower pick. I don't know what way you want to class it as. Um, but that if Dalton's in under centre, they're going to have a better record than if Justin Fields is under centre. I I agree with that. I think they Dalton is the better quarterback, um, but at the same time, they're uh, they're upcoming. They've got uh, Arizona this week. They host Arizona this week, who are nine and two, and are unbeaten on the road at six and zero. So I, I can't see them winning this week. Um, but you never know. Stranger things have happened. You know, strange things. Do- the current draft order goes: Lions, Texans, Jags. Jets, Jets, Giants, Giants, Eagles, Eagles. <laughs> Mate, four four picks in a row going to New York. Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. Four players to have their careers ruined. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Oh, yeah. So Chicago's Chicago's remain a schedule. So they're at home to Arizona this week. They're at Monday Night Football at Green Bay. Is it at Green Bay or at home to Green Bay? Yeah, at Green Bay. Monday it's going to be at Green Bay. Monday Night Football next week at Green Bay. Uh, no, not Monday Night Football. Sunday Night Football, sorry. Next, the week after that, Monday Night Football uh, against the Vikings, at home to the Vikings, which I read a stat the other day. It's, it, I don't know if it's true or not because I haven't checked it, but as Kirk Cousins only thrown two interceptions the whole season. No one did. No way. Someone said, his t- someone said his touchdown. I was. I read his touchdown to interception ratio is twenty-one to two. I don't know how true that is, but if that's true, wow. Um, just having a quick look because he no, he's thrown okay. three picks this year. Oh, and the he, only reason nobody's talking. Three. Oh, so what was it? Twenty-three to three. Twenty-three to three. That is outrageous. Fair play to Kirk Cousins. Um, the only reason nobody's talking about it is because it's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> and it's because the Vikings. Uh, so yeah, then they play. They're home to the Vikings, and they play Seattle on Boxing Day. Um, I believe that's in Seattle. Yeah, that's in Seattle. And then they round up the season against us, and then against the Vikings again. So their schedule is fairly tough. I think the Vikings are playing well at the moment. I think the game against us can go either way. Seahawks, they might get a win against them. And can you really see them beating the Packers or Cardinals? Probably not. So they might look. They might be looking at five, maybe six wins at best. So this is where that win out now. <laughs> don't say that. Let's 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 be let's be confident and say that. No, the I, mean, are gonna... I mean, just because you've cursed it, saying that they're probably only going to get. Six yeah, true. Wins. True. I probably I probably have cursed it now, but <laughs> yeah. So it's you know, all, there's all all to play for. Um, you know, like I said they host the Arizona Cardinals this week, who are unbeaten on the road. Um, so here's hoping they drop to four and eight and potentially increase their place in the draft order for next year. Um, but find out uh, how they get on against Arizona next week on next week's instalment of Bears Watch. Uh, and this week we travel to uh, Florida, back to Florida again for the second time in three weeks um to take on the 5 and 7 Miami Dolphins who go into their bye week on the back of Sunday's game afterwards 
Um, we currently lead the all-time record, sitting pretty at 7-2. and two. And you have to go back to 2003 for the last time Miami beat us. Um, we've won four in a row against them, including that 13-10 victory at Wembley Stadium in the first international series game back in 2007. Uh, and last time out in 2019 as well, Eli Manning led us to a 36-20 win over the Ryan Fitzpatrick-led Dolphins uh, in what was a pretty much a dead rubber game towards the end of the season. I think we, after that game, I think we both had a 3-11 and record. So, yeah, great. Um, now, this is our game 17 of the season, as I said earlier on in the show. Um, since the NFL increased the schedule to 18 games, or well, 18 weeks, should I say, uh, in the regular season during the summer. Uh, can we come away from Florida with a win, guys? Do you think we can come away from Florida with a win? We can Will we? <laughs> well, we can because we can either go there, we can win or lose one or the one or the other. Do you do you think a win is a realistic possibility against the Dolphins? I think it's realistic, but I don't think it'll happen. Um, I, I don't think the Dolphins are that great. In all honesty, I think they're a really poor team. And I think is it three wins I've had in a row or four wins on the bench? Four. Four. I don't know how they've done it because like. Yeah, they were one and seven, weren't they? They were awful in London. Um, yes, they were. I don't, I don't rate Tua. I don't think Tua is a great QB. Um, no, I think he's he's one of those QBs that there was so much hype about him when he was was coming through um, the draft, and I think he's just it's just not materialised in the league. I think he's 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 just been pretty poor but yeah um, Dolphins won week one against the Patriots and then went on a seven game losing streak but have now won four in a row admittedly the last four games they played Houston they played Baltimore which was fair enough which was a good win against the Ravens they played the Jets and they played Carolina and let's let's face it Cam Newton had an absolute stinker at the weekend didn't he so um, is it a bit ridiculous to say that maybe our best chance of winning on Sunday is he Glennon's under centre? Is that an statement? Or, or, or that, that's they're, kind of they're, they're going to be they're going to be planning for Daniel Jones. Yeah, their game plan is going to be centered around Daniel Jones. So maybe, maybe why not? And you know, Glennon didn't look great when he come when he come in against Dallas for us, but he's serviceable though. The game had already gone by then. You know, you're yeah. looking at Dixie for it. It was literally just a bomb down the field, trying to force. That's the thing with Mike Glenn. He's got a, he's got an absolute cannon on him. So yeah. he can, he, you know, we've we've spoken before about Dan Jones and how he can, you know, he's he's a great deep threat passer, but he just doesn't do it. It's just every time it's check down, check down, check down. You know, look at how many times, like in, in the in the Philly game, there was, I think it was third third and third and ten, maybe third and nine. And he goes for that little slant out to the sideline, and we don't get that fourth, third down conversion. It end up being a yard short. I think it was passed to maybe Engram. We go for it on fourth down on a QB sneak and get the first down, but that's not the point. The point is, there must be so many other options. You know, further down the field, he's just not going for it, and he's passing. His passing yards are shocking this year. So anyway, um, if Glennon does play, it'd be it'd be good to see a QB. QB's head moving with the Giants logo actually going left to right constantly instead of just looking in one direction. I mean, it stands out a bit, doesn't it, because of that long neck and everything. But <laughs> you know, it, it could be. Yeah, you know, you never know. Like we we might stand a better chance of winning with Mike Glennon under centre. Um, what do you think of the game at the weekend, Andy? Do you reckon we can come out away uh, away with a win? 
Um, it's not looking promising. Um, <laughs> I've Mine. got a real pain. My sister's fellow supports the Dolphins, as you met him in London, and I was really looking forward oh, to yeah. this week. And then you've got the whole problem with DJ. And if I'm honest, I don't want him to play. Like, if he's injured, let him rest. Like, I know we're yeah, one, one game off the playoffs, apparently, but you we're can't... still in the hunt. We are still in the hunt. We're playing for nothing, and if he does play, it just screams desperation on the coaching side. I think the Dolphins were a better team than you're giving them credit for. Like, yes, they had a tough start, the London game. I thought they dominated. They just didn't do anything with it. Yeah, and you know, I, you know what? They're, they're, they're not a bad team. They're odd. I say they're not a bad team in comparison to us. We're, we're so closely, closely, like, close together in the rank, like, offense and defensive rankings in the league. Like, it's almost like mirror image. Like, I think the key to this game, this the the only different major difference between us is turnovers. Obviously, like I said, our differential in turnovers is plus five. Theirs is minus one. They've give they've coughed up the ball six more times than we have. They've they've given it away twenty times compared to our fourteen. So, and you've just said about Tua. I, I was looking at some earlier where they were comparing his stats to Kyler Murray after the first sixteen games. He's literally two hundred yards behind him. Other than that. Tua leads the way. He's got more passes. He's got more touchdowns. He's going under the radar. He's a good quarterback. He's not my kind of quarterback. I don't like a left-handed quarterback. I think it just looks wrong. Um, that's leftist. It's not necessarily leftist. It's more a case of if you're a wide receiver and you spend your entire career catching the ball from the right, it takes yeah, some adapting to catch from the left, which is why Jalen Waddle's doing so well, is because he's adapted to it. And he's doing better than someone, say, like Will Fuller, who's been injured most of the season, hasn't had the chance to practice. It's yeah. an inter- The ball's coming at you from a different angle. Um, just while I'm thinking about it, and this is going to be totally out of place now, uh, talking about DJ, he actually had one of his best plays, I think, in a Giants jersey on Sunday against the Eagles. Can't remember when it was, but he was scrambling to the right. And in, normally in those situations when he's running, he's just looking downfield to run. And he actually pulled it back and threw it to his tight end, who I cannot remember the name of. He actually scored the touchdown. Myrick. There you go. And he called it. Yeah, he was, we're going to call active. that between his legs. He was um, activated off the, off the practice squad, wasn't he? Um, but to have made that play, it's a play he wouldn't have made six months ago. So there is improvement there. And as I say, I thought it was one of the yeah, best you know plays maybe, he's maybe made. That's, maybe that's something that Freddie Kitchens has, has gone through with him during the week. Maybe it was Garrett and he never got a chance to show it. Nah, rubbish. Don't believe that for a second. Jason, Jason, Jason Garrett's had twenty six games of him. I don't, I don't recall Daniel ever seeing Daniel Jones make a play like that. So he no. can't have been Jason Garrett. Um, yeah, we're talking about Jalen Waddle actually. I think he's been he's been one of bright, Miami's bright sparks this season. Um, seventy seven catches, seven hundred fifty nine yards, four touchdowns. Obviously, the rookie out of Alabama's having a solid first year. I think. Um, you know, like you said, we've got player. You know, got receivers like Will Fuller on the opposite side on the Dolphins team. Um, so I think he could potentially be in in the mix. I don't know whether he'll get it, but could be in the mix for offensive rookie of the year. Um, not a chance. No, I think the the he's not. He won't get it. No way. But the the he's he's in that sort of discussion. He's not even the best receiver out of that class. No, he's not. But he's he's still in the discussion. I think. Um, but he's 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 had he's had a he's had since he since he caught his first touchdown in London he's had a pretty solid few games. Was that his um, first touchdown? Was it? Yeah, his first touchdown catches in London. Um, 
But can our defence keep him and Tua at bay? Yes, but it's whether the offence can get enough points to outscore them anyway. Exactly. So a little stat for you. So we're averaging 19.8 points per game. It's terrible. I think it's, it's absolutely shocking. Anyway, yeah, I just wanted to fact, just want to check this. So, I oh know. So, sorry, we are averaging eighteen point four points per game. Oh, it's getting worse. It was so much higher a minute ago. Through eleven games, we're averaging eighteen point four points. Miami are averaging nineteen point five. So, there's literally a one point difference in average points per game. Um, I'm watching the F1 sod it. We have our average yards per game is at three hundred seventeen point five. Miami's at three hundred ten point eight. Our average throwing throwing yards, passing yards per game, Miami 230, Giants 226. Average rushing yards per game, Miami 80, Giants at 90. So these offences are so close, like so, so close in in stats and standings. And like I said, it literally comes down. You look at the defence, you look at the special teams, it's so even across the board. It literally comes down to turnovers. So you're telling me it's going to be a walk-off field goal loss again? But, mate, it could be a walk-off field goal loss. It could be a walk-off field goal win. And the way the 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 way we've been playing on defense recently, I'm more inclined to go with a walk-off field goal win. I hope. <laughs> I hope. I really do hope. Um, you know, yeah, our, our defense is giving up. I mean, we give up 370 yards per game. Miami give up 367 yards a game. So the, our defences are, are, are so close as well in the numbers. We're giving up 23 points a game. Miami are giving up 23 points a game. So and they're us with better weather. Exactly. So, <laughs> you know, you, there's, there's, we are literally like, we are the Dolphins of the NFC, as it currently stands. <laughs> or they, they are the Giants of the AFC. It literally comes down to turnovers. And I think that is going to be the key to the game. If we can turn the ball over and we can get the ball back in, I know Daniel Jones is, or Mike Glennon is maybe capable hands, maybe we can come away with a win. And it will come down, it's going to be a low scoring affair, it's going to be fine margins, um, it can go either way. But I think I think it's going to be, it's going to be a defensive battle and I think it's going to be a low scoring game and I think we'll come away with a 17-10 to 10 win. I'll take it. I would absolutely take it. Absolutely, take it to go be five, be at five and seven, and you know, in in the in the NFC, which isn't looking great. You know, we are still in in the hunt for a playoff spot. You never know; stranger things have happened. And we can so, finish eight and eight with a one tie. We can't finish eight and eight because there's seventeen games, and that doesn't eight and eight have... with one tie. Mate, I, that's that's one that's one thing I think the NFL should look at getting rid of is bloody ties. No one likes a tie. You know the 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 Detroit Lions should be either zero and eleven or one and ten. They shouldn't be o o ten and one. Hey, live man, they're having a better month than the Rams are. Mate, the funny thing is, after after LA signed Von Miller and OBJ, they're zero and three. <laughs> I once they get Odell going, it's going to be really good. I think. I, he he was showing signs in the last game that he's yeah. going to be a quality receiver. I, 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 I just think they've had a bit of a blip, haven't they? But yeah, my my prediction is a seventeen ten win. I think we'll we'll come away from Florida with the win, um, and you know, and move to five and seven. Just talk about the old home rules. Did you see um, the college game a few weeks ago with Penn State? 
So they had, they had new overtime rules in college football and it took nine overtimes for a winner to be decided. Nine? Wow. Yeah. The game lasted How long was each overtime period? The game lasted over four hours. Um, so <laughs> the new rules was that once a game reached the fifth overtime, teams would no longer start joys from the 25-yard line. Instead, they'd begin alternating two-play conversions until a winner's determined. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, like why can't we bring yeah. some? But why can't why can't the NFL have something like that? Well, I'd get rid of it and just like say, okay, you're five old lying. They're your penalty shooters. They have they have to kick field goals. So yeah, fun and entertainment. At the, at the end of overtime, right? Let's have a kickoff. Yeah, it's got to be your five old line. Yeah, or, just or it, not or not the kicker or punter. Yeah, it can be any five. Can be any other five player from the offense, just not or whatever. Just not the kicker or the punter. It has to be five starting O line, and then if it goes to sudden death, then you have to start using D line. Yeah, or like you know, you 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 kick a, a chip shot twenty yard, then it moves back to twenty five, then it moves back to thirty, then thirty five, yeah, and so on and so on. But again, not the kicker or the punter, the long snapper. Can you imagine we sneak into the playoffs? We end up with Dallas in one of the divisional rounds or something, and then we lose because Nate Solder hits the bar or something. The New York would have a meltdown. <laughs> but no, make overtime more exciting because the overtime rules at the moment suck. I like right. it in the playoffs where they just play until there is a winner. Was it the Denver Ravens game years that's ago now? Be, that's how it should be throughout the whole <sighs> season. No, nobody likes a tie. A tie messes everything up. Nobody likes probably one of the best games I ever watched that. What? Detroit-Pittsburgh? No. Um, Denver-Baltimore uh, in the playoffs. The year Baltimore won oh, the Super yeah. Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It literally went a, to six fair, quarters. That... It was quality. Yeah. That was a great game. But yeah, so roll on Sunday. Let's hope we can get the win against Miami and, um, and go into the following week off the back of two wins on a two-game win streak. Um, to round out the pod this week, we're opening up our mailbag. So thanks to those that have sent questions in. Uh, first up, we have our regular Ashley Platt. Hello, mate. Break your three-game win streak this weekend in the Fantasy League. So, <laughs> to you. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, just had to drop that in there. Because I, I think at one point, in I think, was it after Thursday, after Thanksgiving? I think it was uh, my, my percentage chance of winning was something like 20, 24%. And I came back and beat him. So, and it's not—it's yeah. not been a season of many highs for Dan. So he has to take any victory he can get. Exactly. I mean, you wouldn't fair, have Fournette there, would you? To be fair, to be fair Shane, I'm not—I'm not—I'm sort of happy in mid-table. I'm six and six, and I've, and you know I've, I'm playing Kev. I'm against Kev this week. Local rivalry. It's me v Kev this week, and he's having a—he's having a shocker. I think he's like. I think he's five and seven or four and eight or something like that. So yeah, he's languishing down the bottom. Anyway, back to the question. Ashley asks, uh, pass rushing in college in the moment is incredible. Looking ahead to the draft, I think there's around 15 to 20 edge rushers in the top 100 who should register for the draft. How many do you think will go in the first three rounds? And where do you think we should take one? P.S. Can we call dibs on Thibodeau? Dan, you taking that one? <laughs> um... How many do you think will go in the first three rounds? Uh, I'm going to hazard a guess. So there's, what, 32 picks in round one. 32. I'm going to say 18. Just as a number. Yeah, I'll go 23. Yeah. 
I'm just plucking a random number out the air there, to be honest with you. Yeah, 23, Shane, it's a good number. Andy, how many do you think is going to go in the first three rounds? Let's call it 27. Why not? Ooh. I thought you were good. I thought you would have gone right down the middle and gone like 20 or 21. But Andy's going yeah, like 20. We'll go high. Um, can we call Tibbs on Tabon Dibido? On what his name, where his name is? Dibido? I wish. He's going to go number one, isn't he? Let's face it. Well, he should, but I found it interesting this week. Um, Dane, his surname escapes me off the athletic. Dane, whatever his surname is. Um, yeah. He had going first overall, which I don't know if he's just done that just to be different, in all honesty. Um, Maybe. But yeah, Kai Van Thibodeau should go number one overall, without a doubt. Uh, is Dane Brugler on the Athletic? Yeah, that team. Yeah, his name was on the tip of my tongue. I couldn't think of it, so I had to Google him. Um, yeah, Kai Van Thibodeau. Yeah, he, I mean, from the little I've seen of of college football this year, because again, I just haven't had the time to do it. I haven't had the time to watch. Um, I want to. I just haven't had the time. From what I've seen of him and his ability, is he's he's NFL ready. He's he's going to be. I'd be very surprised if he wasn't the first overall pick. Something's going to have to go drastically wrong for him to not be the first overall pick. I think. Things reach for quarterbacks. The, the only concerns for Thibodeau is he's had a few injuries at college. That's yeah, Conning. Yeah, that that doesn't help. I mean, look what happened with um, with our mate Aziz. Those those phantom injuries that everyone was going on about that made, that made him drop out of the first round and down to number 51 where we picked him up for an absolute steal so yeah that'd be nice if that happened again he can drop to drop to number six or seven and we can pick him up happy days um ashley also asks um he's seen a lot of heat on twitter for a wilson trade in the off season what's your opinions on taking him and either trading jones or making him number two no i don't want russell wilson i think he's passed it and I, yeah, just yeah, no, no. Yeah, Russell Wilson, guys, yes, no. I, I do like Russell Wilson. I don't think he's passed it yet. I think he's still got probably what, four, four or five years, maybe. Um, but the I, I wouldn't do the trade for the simple reason is we're taking a QB with no O line in Seattle and giving him no O line in New York, and we'd also be giving up draft picks to build that O line. So it, it's like for me, it just makes no sense to do. And not to mention, we'd probably have to pay him a lot of money as well. With no cap space. So, yeah, for me, I like Wilson, but for me, it's a no. Yeah. Andy, Russell Wilson, yes, no? My thoughts were exactly the same as Shane, to be honest. Um, I like him as a player. I wouldn't want to pay him. And if we were literally in a situation where we had an amazing team all round and we just needed the quarterback, similar to what the Rams have just done, then yeah, sure, why not? Let's throw everything at it. But we're not. And if you take Russell Wilson, you're not really going to improve anything. I mean, he's currently in charge of a 3-8 and eight team. He's not exactly lighting it up. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I, I do like Russell Wilson. I just, I'd just i still just think back to uh, Super Bowl 43. Was it 43 against the Patriots when he decided to pass the ball on the goal line when he had Marshall Lynch in the backfield? He, he could have easily called an audible and just called a run in that play. But instead, he throws the interception to Malcolm Butler, and the game's over. You do not sorry. call an order, an audible there. Sorry, Can sorry, you imagine? Sorry, sorry. You, the the play's called in, and you're passing on the goal line when you've got one of the best running backs the league's ever seen in your backfield, and you, you need to get a yard. And you, you no, you do change that play. I'm sorry. 
it doesn't matter who you are, you would never play there again. It doesn't if it works, it doesn't matter. If your offensive coordinator calls in a play at the death of a Super Bowl and you change the play and say, I'm not running that, you've literally put yourself in a situation where it's you or them. And management will always back the coach in that situation. He would never have played in Seattle again. It's easy to say that now, but if he makes the catch, everyone goes on about the most surprising play since the surprise onside kick. It's rubbish. No one expected them to throw it. No. Except for Butler. Fair enough, no one expects them to throw it, but you, you, more, more is going to go wrong if you throw it than if you if you run it in that position. He's a mobile quarterback. The second he pulled out and went to throw it and realised there was coverage, why didn't he run for the goal line? True. Anyway, we're not a Seattle Seahawks podcast. We're a New York Giants <laughs> podcast. Are you sure? <laughs> yes, absolutely sure. Um, Ashley, thanks for your questions, mate. Um, as ever, keep listening. Uh, we love your feedback and love you getting in touch. Um Next up, we've got Lewis Hollingsworth, again, who has got two questions. Um, first one, here we go. Pretty much answered the same, answered this question already, but two picks next year. Do we go QB or go for Russell Wilson? I'm not sold on Daniel Jones at all. Um, do we go for a quarterback next year? Nah. I like, I, there's a couple of quarterbacks I like in this draft. I just... Are they are they, are they number six or number seven as it stands worthy? Well, in all fairness, Daniel Jones wasn't. Yeah, true. Still made that. So yeah, I should we have all, sold Gettleman that. We all, <laughs> we all know we all know Dan Jones was a reach at six. Let's face it. Um, now for me, I, I wouldn't. I do like a couple of quarterbacks. I, I really like um, Willis. Um, he reminds me of Lamar Jackson in the sense of not his play type, but he's a low floor, high ceiling kind of player. Um, and that, that's how I described Lamar Jackson when he was coming out. Um, I quite like Matt Carell. He's out of Ole Miss. You know what's going to happen if we draft an Ole Miss quarterback. Yeah. You're going to get comparisons, whether it's right or wrong. And then the yeah. quarterback who is generating a lot of lot of chatter at the minute is Kenny Pickett, who I've not watched enough on at the moment, so I'm not going to comment on him. Um, but he's at a pity, he's getting quite a lot of conversation. But I think for me, like straight off the top of my head, you're kind of talking the year after, and you've got um, Bryce Love. Uh, is it, what's his name, the Alabama quarterback? Bryce Young. Bryce Young, sorry, thank you. Um, he already looks like he could be decent. I'd be eyeing up someone potentially like that. If, he, if he's anything like Matt Jones, you, you'd be quite happy, happy with that pick. Nice, yeah. I, I, I think Dan Jones give him one more year, and then if it if it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. But again, it just... we shouldn't take the year option on Daniel Jones. No, for twenty one million, I've not seen no, him coming to justify twenty one million. A lot of money. He's not worth twenty one million at the moment. That's for sure. Nah. Um, he's effectively got six games to prove he's worth twenty one million because the options got to be took up by May. So you're not going yes. to get any more games. No, and it's, it, it's, it, unless he balls out and has a ridiculous last six games, it's not going to happen, is it? Next one from Lewis. Uh, next season, Thomas left tackle. Uh, Big Wilson from Georgia next year, plus another top 10 O-line draft pick. Give us more confidence. Neil probably already gone, but which O-line would you pick? 
I'm going to bang the drum all day long for Kenyon Green. He's played every position on the old line apart from centre. So you've got that versatility if anyone gets injured. He's a big mauler of a dude. Um, Kenyon Green's someone who... who, who everyone knows how I feel about O-line and drafting. But Kenyon Green, he's, Kenyon Green sorry, he's someone who I'm banging the table for all day long. Andy, any thoughts on that? I don't watch enough college ball. Uh, going back to the last question, though, which I was rudely not asked about. Well, I'm sorry. I forgot to ask you. <laughs> sorry. It's all good. Go ahead. Um, if I was trading for any quarterback, I'd be sending a third to the 49ers for Guapolo. Interesting. He's still pretty young. I know he's had a few injuries, but that doesn't really worry me. He obviously already knows Joe Judge, so Joe Judge is staying, which I assume that's probably 80% likely that he's going to. It's already someone he's got a working relationship with. I, he's not going to be that expensive. He's probably going to cost you on the cap. I'd have to go look at what his wages. But um, if I was trading for a quarterback, that's definitely how I'd do it. But yeah, yeah uh, offensive lineman, I, the biggest and best available. The biggest and best available. Interesting. I, li- I like that thought, actually, Jimmy G. I think he would... You know what? Even When he was at the Pats, I-, I-, I liked him as a quarterback, and I think he fully deserved his move um, to San Francisco to prove himself. And he's not done too bad. Yeah, he's had issues with injury, but he's not done too badly with the Niners. But is there, is there really much more he can do with that team? And like you said, he's got that connection with Joe Judge already, so... They gave up too much for Trey Lance for Jimmy to be staying. He's going in this off-season. Yeah. It might as well be us. And that's if you're going to move on from DJ. I'm more than happy to keep DJ under centre and give it a go. It might as well be us. Or then if Detroit think, actually, you know what, Jared Goff's rubbish, let's get rid of him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think there's too much of a cap it for that. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're paying them a stupid amount, aren't they? 16 and a half million a summer. It's going to cost them. Yeah. Um, no, it'd be interesting to see where Jimmy G does go. Um, who knows? It'd be a watch his space kind of thing. But I, I'd, I'd kind of like to see him in blue. Um, I like him as a quarterback. I think he's a he's a he's a good quarterback. And I actually, is he is he better than Daniel Jones? He's only thirty. Some would say. Some would say a, um, a rapport with Judge at all potentially as well. Yeah, some some would say he is better than Dan Jones. Um, but. Who knows? We'll see. Um, it remains to be seen, and we'll find out come the off season. It's going to be an interesting one. It is. I in a, in a in a weird kind of way, I am kind of looking forward to the off season to to see who we get rid of and and what the changes are made and if if changes are made and you know look ahead to hopefully hopefully Touchwood a better year next year, better season next season. Love it all. Huh. Deja vu at all. Oh, mate, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this deja vu for the last, what, nine years? Um, but it's still all to play for this season. We are still technically in the playoff hunt. We're not out of contention yet. Stranger things have happened. Let's be positive and let's think of the best case scenario. Um, now that is all we have time for this week, Giants fans. So thanks for bearing with us. It's been great to be back with you. Uh, and hopefully next week our friend from the Emerald Eye will be back with us as well um, we will be back next week come rain or shine or high water or whatever uh, we will be back next week um, bringing you the latest uh, from Giants Camp plus looking ahead to our game our only game, our only trip out west 
um, this season as we go to SoFi Stadium to take on the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, and obviously we'll bring you sort of a recap of the of the Miami game as well. Anything to add before we go, gents? Nah, it's good good being back. Good chatting again. Yes. It's always ah, good. I've got a question. Go for it. I'd like to add these. It's for Shane, to be honest, because like if I ask most of the Giants fans, like, what was your favourite memory as a Giants fan? You come with the obvious Super Bowl 46, Super Bowl 42. For those that are around long enough, Super Bowl 40, uh, 25, sorry, and so on. But you've been a fan since, what, 2017, I want to say? Yeah, so 2018 was my first full season. Okay. In that time, what has actually been your favourite moment of being a Giants fan? What was your highlight? Shane, there should there should be a very very short list. There should be one thing that just stands out. It's like I absolutely love that moment. Oh, I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll, can I pick a moment when I wasn't a Giants fan, so to speak? Go for it. Probably the Landon Collins interception at Twickenham. Ah, that's what drew you in, isn't it? That yeah, that was what that was one of the key things that sort of made me. A, Giants fan, so it wasn't really. I wasn't a Giants fan at the time, but it's kind of one of the reasons that I became a Giants fan because I loved that moment. It was the first interception I'd seen, um, and it was just a class play. Like, and it was, wasn't just an interception; it was a pick six. Well, yeah, um, and like you know, I wasn't a Giants fan then, so I didn't. You know, I can't comment on the rest of the season because I wasn't a dedicated Giants fan then. But that's probably the one, the one thing in a. Something like a seventeen and fifty-four record in that time. Um that has been the highlight. <laughs> wow. Damn. Oh, I was just I was just genuinely interested because obviously if someone asked me like what my favorite moment was, like <laughs> probably to be honest, the Tampa Bay win a couple of years ago when we beat them 30 oh, it's on the wall, 38 to 35. Because I was in the stadium, it was the first time I'd been to MetLife. But realistically, I cried like a baby after Super Bowl 46. It meant everything. So and you, I think a lot of people are the same. If I flip that question back to both of you, since 2018, what would you say has been the best Giants moment for you? Uh, I, I would I would take the Tampa Bay game because I was there. Dan, Dan's going to get back to me next week. <laughs> right? Just because, just because I absolutely adored him. Um, Eli Manning's last game. When I get it, that. When when Eli, when Eli retired, it retired. It was just like it was like a knife through the heart. Um, and you know, and you enjoyed that, yeah. Apparently, <laughs> no, it, it was it was just one of those things that will just stick in your mind because he, he he'd been he's been he had been my only quarterback since being a Giants fan, really. Mm. Um, and so he'd been there. You know, he'd 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 won us two Super Bowls. He'd he'd been there through the the good times and the bad. Um, and I think yeah, him retiring was it was a, a sad time, but it was a, it was a memorable one as well. And I think the the game, the the Tampa game, Dan Jones's first game, um, that was that was a, that was a pretty good one as well. <laughs> um, Thinking I'm, yes, we've got the guy. Huh? Thinking yes, we've got the guy. Oh mate, that was that was the thought. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, it would it would have been nice at the time. I just I just think that, um, unfortunately now three and a bit years down the line, we're um, we're questioning whether it, he is the, the guy, you know. Um, but yeah, e- Eli's last game against Miami, where um, 
I think it was Alex Tanny came in at the end of the game and uh, and completed his only pass as a giant as Alex Tanny. Um, yeah, Eli Manning's last game. Um, and you know they were talking about favorite favorite memories as as a Giants fan. Um, my 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 favorite memories. Well, obviously the Super Bowl wins without you know go without saying, but um, my actual you know my my favorite memory as a Giants fan is the is the NFC title game against San Francisco in that year. Um, Lawrence, oh, Eli was so good. Lawrence Lawrence Tynes in overtime. That pump, that pump, that muff pump return, um, San Francisco pump return, where it like bounced off his knee in the pouring rain in San Francisco, where no one, no one gave us a hope in hell. We were, we were, I think we were, we were like eight point underdogs or something like that, and we go out and, and do it again for the second time in four years. Oh, United got a penalty. God. Um, but yeah, just yeah, that that was a that was a real highlight for me as a Giants fan. I remember uh, opening Dallas's new stadium and beating them 33 31 was it and then Eli yeah. signed the wall and then the wall um Victor Victor Cruz returned running it um 99 yards oh, God, yeah. Jets. I think that's my favorite touchdown um, unbelievable mate wasn't it absolutely unbelievable um what a, what a player as well what a player um, in general oh, what, what a player what a player I think one of one of my favourite all time giants for sure. But we could talk about memories for for hours and hours and hours. Right, um, and you'd be late for work. I yeah, couldn't talk for hours and hours on memories. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Thing is though, it will yeah. come. It will come. We won't it be will. this bad forever. And it will. just you be... will appreciate it so much more because you've been through what we've been through. Hundred um, percent. You know, I, I, me, me and Kev have said before we we were so lucky in the aspect that we won two two trophies in the space of four years you know fairly close to the start of our, our of our fandom of the giants it was like four months in when we won the first super bowl i thought it was the easiest thing in the world <laughs> yeah so like the first the first full season that i followed the team we won the super bowl same as kev yeah and then four years later we win again and you're thinking god two and four years like this is easy you know we're, we're what are we like the new the new sort of new england patriots sort of thing um, and we had it, a twelve and four season in between that as well. And yeah, you're looking yeah. at possibly another Super Bowl if um, Bowers doesn't go and shoot himself in the leg. Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> exactly. Plaxico Barrow shooting himself in the leg and oh. get in. But mate, you can you can roll off so many players as well that have have, have played for us through the years and and yeah. But that's that's for another time. I think Giants memories is going to be for another time, probably in the off season. Um, I'd be well up for that. Talk about players like Hakeem Nix. Oh, mate, Hakeem Nix. How can you forget Hakeem Nix? Underappreciated like, at the time. Players like Amani Tuma. Amani Tuma. Yeah, he's old school, but he was what a great receiver he was as well. Anyway, yeah. So, um, like I said, we are here to stay. You can count on that. Just unfortunately, sometimes life does get in the way, uh, and it's just not possible to get on to record. Um, but stick with us. We love this journey that we're on. And we don't plan on ending it any time soon. Andy, as usual, thanks for stepping in last minute, mate. Our regular backup's coming good again when we need him. Um, you kind of like you like that re- reliable backup quarterback, aren't you? You know. Let's hope Glennon can do the same on Sunday. Like, you need like, it. You like you like Jimmy G to Tom Brady, aren't you? <laughs> uh, yeah, always a pleasure to have you on, mate. And um, also Shane, thanks for joining us again. It's always a pleasure getting on and talking Giants football with you. Um, And thanks to you, the listeners, for tuning in. We are signing off until next time. Go Giants!